Thank you so much for joining us today. We would love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment and visit NBCOcala.com stories to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to help support the ministry financially, you can give online or through our mobile giving app. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Amen. Help me welcome our internet family. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Hey, on your way in, you should have received one of these cards, and let me just touch base on that real quick, and then we want to dive into the message today. Um, it says, make the move. We are growing. And that's, that's a, a good thing. And good things sometimes create good problems. And so we have a number of growth issues and we've had these, you know, periodically in the past as well. Um, this service right here, um, our 1030 service is close enough to the 11 o'clock time. We're right now at 11 o'clock now that traditionally, the mindset of Americans, if I'm going to start going to a church, um, that's the time that they'll come. So this service historically gets filled up. And in the United States, the way this works is that you have something called the 80% rule. And once you are 80% full on something, um, you're essentially full. Well, we're, we're going over those numbers uh, as far as 80, 80%. So it affects our parking it affects our children and next-gen areas, our hallways, and everything else. So we're, what we're asking you in particular to do is to pray about. Now, don't everybody do this. If you'll pray, God will sort it out, okay? But I've got to ask some of you to make the move either to the earlier service, 9 o'clock service, or to the noon service. Well, why would I do that? So that you can make room for somebody. So you can make room for somebody. So if you'll think about that, if you'll pray about that, and then make the move, if that's something in your heart. If this service works great for you, stay. Stay with me. I'll be here every week with you, okay? Um, but it would make more room. And, and uh, one of the most heartbreaking things I hear, and I've heard it twice in the last couple of weeks, is, hey, I came to visit your church, but when I pulled up, it looked so full, I just kept driving. And so, you know, it breaks my heart because there is room. There is room, but we want to we make room. We're doing some other things to help uh, alleviate uh, traffic and parking and children's areas and all of those things. Um, but if you can pray about, think about possibly helping us that way, some of you moving either to the 9 o'clock or to the noon service, and uh, I believe God will bless you for it, and I'll take you out to ice cream. <laughs> no, I won't. No, I won't. I can't. Go broke. Amen. All right, well, uh, let's dive in this morning, and um, this morning I just want to share something with you um, that kind of summarizes why we're even here and what we're even, even doing, and I think on the anniversary it's an appropriate time to do it. In 1989, and as Alicia said, how many of you know where you were in 1989? I was three. No, I actually just turned 30, and we started the church, and we felt led to come to Ocala, and I'll, I won't go into all the detail of that, but we felt just this leading to come here, and um, I'm, it's 27 years later, and I'm happy and I'm humbled to report that there's a vibrant, thriving, loving, beautiful, generous, multicultural, multi-generational church called Meadowbrook. And without God's help and favor and patience and grace and mercy and provision 
and his help, without all those things, there wouldn't be anything here. And so I say it this morning, and there's not, there's not even a trace of cliche in this for me. But I just want to say in front of you all today, to God be all the glory and all the honor and all the praise for what he's done. Amen. Can we give him thanks today? Thank you, Lord. I, I was concerned earlier in the week that I was going to cry all morning. But last night I cried in early morning. This early this morning I cried just thinking about it and praying about it. So I'm pretty much dehydrated. So we're so so we're good to go. I'm just thankful for God's incredible favor. And here we are on the anniversary. And I think anniversary is a time that we can mark something and then move on. Um, we find historically even the children of Israel they would come to certain points and places where they would rehearse some things. The word rehearse there has the idea to hear again. So I think on the anniversary of the church, it's a good time for us to rehearse, for us to review, and for us to remind ourselves why we're even here and what we are doing and what we're endeavoring to do. And so this is going to be good for all of us. If you've been here the whole ride or this morning you're just getting on the bus with us, this will help us to all kind of see why are we here, what is it that we're, that we're trying to do. And um, as we do that, I'm going to share some things that I share pretty regularly with you. And uh, again, no cliche to it. Keep the power and the meaning of these certain things and they will help us all, all along the way. So why are we here? What, what is it that we're trying to do? Here's one statement that we can hang a whole lot on, and it's right here. Church days affect the rest of your days. Would you read that with me? Church days affect the rest of your days. And um, they must. They simply must. You know, I was growing up, there were times in my childhood that um, we would tend church, and I'll leave the labels off of that, and um, it really did not have any impact on us. Um, we went through, you know, as a child, uh, my parents went through a horrible divorce and no one ever checked on us. There, no, no, there was no one that ever talked to us about things. And we just kind of plowed through there. And, and there's so many things going on that life in church go together. And church days affect the rest of your days because the rest of your days can be pretty crazy. And so we must have church days that really have impact for us. Um, day, our, our days are dark and they're dangerous and people are hurting and they're confused and they're confused about more things than ever and they're more confused than ever. There's despair, there's hopelessness. People are pursuing things that just don't fill. People end up feeling used and damaged and empty and tired and cynical. And so something has to help. And we believe that church days affect the rest of your days. And if there was ever a day for the church to truly be the church that Jesus intended, it is now. It is now. Can I get an amen this morning? It is said that we will never change the world by going to church. We will only change the world by being the church. And that's what we're about here is to, is to do in every way. God, what do you want us to do how do you want us to do these things and to do them in a right way, where, right way where he is pleased and where people are helped? Church is the hope of the world is a phrase that came out a number of years ago. Church is the hope of the world. I think that phrase needs to be expanded, and I say it this way. Church done right 
is the hope of the world. And that's what we're here and that's what we're trying to do here is to do church right. We, we resist trend, although we, we, we continue to um, be progressive and change. And, and uh, I'll, I'll give you some reasons for that as, as we go along. But we, we want to do church, we say it around here, we want to be uniquely Meadowbrook. I don't want to do something just because some other church is doing it or some, there's some new trend or fad in the body of Christ. We want to, and we seek God with all of our hearts. God, what do you want us to be doing, and how do you want us to be doing it? Because church days affect the rest of our days. And church done right is the hope of the world. I believe that God's plan A in these days is the local church. That is actually the incarnation. We are the body of Christ. And as we uh, live life the way that he would have us live life, that's actually the incarnation. That's God putting on flesh. In John 1.14, it says that we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. And that he dwelt among us, it talks about. In the message paraphrase, it says this, that he put on flesh and he moved into the neighborhood. So he came and was among us. And how does that happen now? How is God among us? He's in his people and then his people in our communities, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, all the places that we are. That's actually church done right. God's plan A is the local church. So let's look at what and why we are doing here. And all begins with this word vision. Everybody say vision. How many of you can't see me right now? You know, you're a little blurry, Pastor. How many of you have not had your vision checked for about 18 years? So, and you've still got the same glasses you've had for, you know, it's, sometimes we have to get our vision checked so that we can what? So that we can what? See. And that's what vision is, is that we see. It's what you see. That's why you do things is because of what you see. What, what do I mean? I mean this. You see things and you see what could be and what should be. You see things that need to be done. And when you see those things in a certain way, it does something on the inside of you. It, it motivates and mobilizes you. And so vision is what we see, what should be, what could be. And vision drives, uh, of course, what we're doing. In the month of October, the first Sunday of October, I'll be sharing a message with you Uh, on vision and casting vision for the next year, the next 18 months or so. We have some super exciting things I'll be sharing at that point. Vision also is progressive. It changes. Now, get this clear. The message, everybody say the message. The message never changes. Never changes. We're warned in Scripture not to take away and not to add to it. And And we're not to change it because of what's going on in culture. The word never changes. The message never changes. However, the methods sometimes do change. And what you do is you take something that is cultural to help you say what is timeless. And so there are ways and things that we use to help us to be able to uh, effectively communicate with our culture. But vision is progressive. Vision also is not a goal. It's not a goal. But it must have a goal. There has to be something that you're trying to accomplish as you're doing what could be and what should be. And our goal pretty much is depicted in our logo. And let me just show you our logo real quick. 
And you see this, and it's based on Jeremiah 17. Are you all out there? All right. Um, Jeremiah 17, which I'm going to read in just a few moments. But we've had this logo, and we've had a number of renditions of this over the years. But ultimately, here's what the picture would be. Go ahead to that next picture, if you would. And it's a tree by rivers. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Well, three of us over here, we, we, we like it. I'm not even letting you all see it over there. Isn't that a beautiful thing? And then when you think of the, how symbolic this is and how actually powerful and beautiful all of this is, look with me in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5 through 8. This is the passage that we've built the church on. Thus says the Lord, cursed, and this word cursed in the Hebrew Old Testament means this, hemmed in with obstacles and powerless to resist. That's what cursed is. Have you ever felt that way? Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. He's depending on himself or other people for their strength. Whose heart departs from the Lord because we're now self-dependent, self-reliant. Verse 6. He shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes. Notice it did not say good does not come. It says he does not see when good comes. But shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Verse, verse 7. Blessed. Everybody say blessed. Because now we're headed toward the tree. And, and who is the tree? Not Jesus. You are the tree. You are the tree. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. Watch this. For he shall be. They shall, she shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when he comes. He comes but will not fear when he comes. Keep going. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought nor will cease from yielding fruit. Why? Because they're planted. They're trusting in the Lord and the Lord's system. And that's why that tree is so beautiful because what it's able to do, what it's able to become, what it's able to produce when it's put in the right place. And we are found in the right place when we trust in the Lord instead of trusting in ourselves. So one of the ways to sum this up, being like a tree, we've got that that logo, that symbol in front of you everywhere. But here's another way that we can kind of practically say it, and it's this. Those that are like a tree would be happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. And hold it right there. A way to remember it is high school football. Okay? Thank you, Rufus. High school football. Happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. Why are we blessed? So we can be a blessing And all of this together is to bring glory to God. So let's go over it again. This is the whole goal of why we're here is to help all of us. Church done right is going to have an impact on people's lives so they become like a tree. But what does that mean? Ultimately, it means that you would be happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. So you could be a blessing and bring glory to God. Now, this happy, I'm not talking about, oh, giddy happy and let's get ice cream and do you like my new lipstick? It's not, you know, it's not, it, not me lipstick, you know, I just, it's not that shallow happy. It's a deeper happy. It has a joy, a blessing, a fulfillment. Happy and then stable. 
Everybody say stable. stable. Because if you're not stable, you're not going to stay happy. And some people put on a church kind of happy, you know, oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You know, and just, and, and I, I'm suspect of people that, oh, they're always up there. Because I've found this out, that what goes up must come down. And some days you run into them somewhere else. What do you want? You know, and so it's happy. Come on. Stable. Now you actually can be fruitful. And when you're happy and stable and fruitful, now you can be a blessing. If you're not happy, if you're not stable, if you're not fruitful, you can't bless anybody. You can't be a strength and encouragement or or resource to anybody else. But happy, stable, fruitful, blessed, now all of that coming together, you can be a blessing and that brings glory to God. Somebody say amen on that today. Now, on both, the, uh, both ends of our, of our big hallway out there, we have this up, and this is kind of a mission statement, a vision statement, finding peace on earth, transforming lives through the gospel of Christ. And ultimately, that is what we're trying to do. We keep trying to find better ways to even say this. Um, it's a process for us, and we're aware that it is, in fact, a process. We're all on a journey. No one's arrived yet. That's my point. We're all on a journey. It's a spiritual journey. And what we're trying to do in, in church here is to do this, is to help you on that journey, to help you to move from where you are, you know this, to help you to move from where you are to where God wants you to be. Our goal today is you coming here, your children coming here, everything that's going on, that somehow we make a little further progress in our journey. And that God would help us and that we would help you to to move from where you are to where God wants you to be. Now look at me for this. God loves you right where you are. But he loves you enough that he won't just leave you right where you are. And he's wanting us to continue along on that spiritual journey. Now, we're also very aware that in ministry it involves these two things. And again, I'm saying a lot of things that we say a lot of times, but this is a time for us to bring it all together and make one big casserole. So that's what you do at church, right? We're, we're very aware that ministry is two things. It is people prepare and it is people repair. And see, I think the mindset years and years and years ago was that, that Sunday school and church was just to help to prepare you for life. But the reality is we need some repair too. That's, that's why church days affect the rest of our days because the rest of our days, as a result of them, we need some repair. Could we just be honest and humble this morning? Anybody here need some repair in your, in your life? And life is rough, and we get weathered, and we get damaged, and, and there's so many things that happens, and that's why we've continually got to come back to the house of the Lord and the presence of God's people, and God does his work of prepare, and he does a work of repair. So bottom line, the goal would be that you and I, every one of us, would have a vibrant, growing relationship with God. Are y'all hearing me? A vibrant, growing relationship with God through Jesus. That you would have a a relationship with God. That you realize I'm never alone. I'm never without help. That you can pray. That you can seek God. That you can find his presence. that, That you're understanding his word. That you're aware of the Holy Spirit helping you. That you're actually on a day-to-day basis, not just when you're here, but when er, wherever you are, whenever it is, 
that you actually realize God is with me, God is helping me, and you have an ongoing relationship with the Lord. And that's what we want you to have. We don't want you to be so dependent on, you know, the pastor has to read the scripture. You know, the pastor has to pray for me. No, I'm training you. Everything we're doing is about helping you to have that relationship with God. We give an altar call at the end of most services. That's to help people begin a relationship with God. And then we continue to grow and go along on that journey. Are you still here this morning? So what does that look like? And I've kind of summarized it in this way. And when we have a vibrant, growing relationship with God through Jesus, here's what's progressively happening in our life. He will meet all needs, heal all hurts, fill all emptiness. We're coming more and more to wholeness, and I love this part, and we're more and more free from sin and more and more like Jesus. And when all of that is happening, we're going to be becoming more and more happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. When you find out that God is your source, like we read, like that tree planted by the rivers of water, then you realize, you know what? He meets all needs. He heals all hurts. He fills all emptiness. I'm becoming more and more whole. I hope you're getting this. And then I'm more and more free from sin, becoming more and more like Jesus. And then increasingly, I'll become more and more happy, stable, fruitful, blessed, so I can be a blessing and bring glory to God. Amen. Wish y'all were here for this message. (laughs) Now, it is vital in all of this. We mentioned vision earlier. Vision cannot be separated from values. Vision cannot be separated from values. I've seen organizations, I've seen individuals, I've seen churches and ministries who had vision, but they had either no values or they didn't really, they weren't really committed to those values. And when you have vision, but you don't have values, you will crash. You'll crash because whether it's a business or a church, then you, you violate other things because you don't have values that help to guide you and govern you. I've also seen where people have incredible values, but they have no they have no sense of vision of some God given life giving vision and they don't have that, then you're going to go nowhere. You have, you have great principles and great values, but nothing is ever going to happen. You must merge the two where you have a vibrant, God-given, life-giving vision, and then you have values that strike you to the core that you embrace them. And I want to go over those values just real quick. We call them our core values because they are at the center of who we are, our core values. They're important to us. These help us to do church right. And remember, church done right is the hope of the world. First would be this, biblical truth. Everybody say biblical truth. (laughs) Scripture is our authority. Everything else changes. You know, legislators are working on laws and changing laws. And we're in election time and people are saying, well, if I'm elected, I'm going to get rid of the things that they came up with. And it's happening on all sides of this. And so we don't have any stable standard of anything except the scripture, the the eternal truth of God's word. And so what we're going to be centered on is we always will be able to find our answers in Bible truth. We'll always be able to go back and find this. So we're going to be involved in 
proper understanding, practical teaching, and finding application of God's word to us. The next one is this, authenticity. Everybody say authenticity. We are not going to fake anything. Listen, God is real and God is so amazing. We don't need hype. We don't need manipulation. We can just be genuine, true, blue articles that we, we practice staying on the right side of the butt. We never act like I have no problems. Listen, look at me. I'm telling you the truth right now. I have problems. I have challenges. I have pressures. But I have this amazing God who's so faithful and so strong and so able. And, and, and you stay on the right side of it. We, we have to realize this is genuine, article, real deal living. Because in our world today, fake doesn't last. Fake doesn't last. And, and when we come to the true and living God, we just better be genuine, article people. That's why we say things like this. I'm either up or I'm getting up. We don't have to come in here and pretend, well, praise the Lord, everything's fine. It always is. And I'll say, and, and, and if this is you, you know, don't get your feelings hurt. Sometimes I, I say, well, bless you. Oh, he does. <laughs> it's like to ward that off. And we've got to stop just being religious and pat phrases and don't miss my next series start next Sunday. But I'm telling you what, just authenticity. Everybody say authenticity. authenticity. Next is servant leadership. Servant leadership, just like Jesus did. That we lead by example, serving one another, honoring one another, and truly living by the golden rule. And then family, family, as Alicia said earlier, that sense of family, and we welcome you. And I love our family. Our family is multicultural, multi-generational. His truth endures to all generations. It's the most beautiful thing you see all week when we all come together. It's just an awesome, awesome thing. We celebrate the diversity. We celebrate multicultural. We celebrate multi-generational. Amen. And get this. His, his truth endures to all generations. And in a family, you got babies all the way up to great-grandma and great-grandpa. This is the first time in history that there are now, it's possible for five generations to be alive and to go to church together. And so I, I, I just have a hard time with the idea of we're a 20-something church or we're a 30-something church. No, we're a family church. And if you're alive, you're a part of what we're doing. Now, we do have an extreme effort, an extreme investment in our next generation because they're fighting a different battle. A lot of us, we're already convinced. We already, and we're fighting a different battle than they are. I'm so glad I'm not a teenager today. I'm telling you. And we have to help them in every way that we can. And that's why we have an extreme effort towards our next-gen ministries. And I thank you that you recognize that and that you get that. It's because that's what family does And we're helping all generations. Can we get an amen on that one this morning? And then lastly would be excellence. Excellence. Everything we do, we should do our very best at it. Do our very best. This is kind of our definition. Best, we do our very best. And best is only best until you can do better. 27 years ago on this morning, we were were meeting over at the Hilton uh, across the interstate. And um, we rented a room, salon meeting room. I paid seven bucks to rent an overhead projector. That's, that's cutting edge technology. 
We had the overhead projector, and I had a four-channel soundboard, self-powered soundboard that could only be turned up so much because then it would just distort, and we had two microphones. But do you know what that was for us on that first Sunday? Excellence. Why? Because it was the very best that we could do. And we went in there and just, and that's what we've committed ourselves to all the time is the very best that we can do. Sometimes there's things that keep you from doing better. Maybe you don't have the right person. Maybe you don't have enough money, whatever it would be. But I'm telling you what, if 27 years later, we're still working on an overhead projector and a four-channel soundboard with only two mics, that's not excellence, okay? And so it constantly upgrades in that way because this matters what we're doing. Church days affect the rest of our days. Amen. Let me read you a scripture real quick, and then I want to run through a couple things as we land this this morning. Colossians chapter 2, verse 19. It said, and they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body, for he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. Here's what we're out to do every time. You ready for this? We want to get you connected with God, and we want to get you connected with the body. And what this scripture is talking about, that when you're not connected to the head, who is Jesus, and you're not connected to the body, then you're not going to grow. And you're you're not going to thrive. Because when you are connected, God does an amazing work, and you'll grow, and God will nourish you. And so no matter what's going on in your life, God is able to, when you're connected to him and connected to his body, that's when life and growth can come to you. Back in November, when I fell off the roof just before Thanksgiving... Compression fracture in my back, and I'm doing great. And I, and I crushed this, this arm. And I've had, I've had three surgeries there. And when I first fell, and I'm in horrible pain, and I looked over, and when I looked at my arm, and I'm not trying to be gross, but it, it just kind of looked almost liquid right here. And in my first thought in my mind was, I wonder if they'll just cut it off. I'm glad they didn't. Because what happened as a result, it stayed connected. It stayed connected to the body. And there were some issues, and I'm still in a little bit of issues of connection with the head, with the nerves and different things coming through. But you know what? Now I'm about 90, 95% doing things. But in the process, but in the process, and this might be you, okay? In the process, my body has helped. Others have helped. My body has compensated. My right hand has had to do so many things for and with my left hand. I've even learned some new skills. I can crack eggs one-handed. <laughs> Breakfast is an adventure. <laughs> my point is this. Whether you're hurt or whether you're strong, whatever brings you, we must come together and we must get connected to the head and we must get connected to the body. And when all of that comes together, we will grow. And that's why we welcome you. And that's why when every time we come together, we want this to take place. Church days affect the rest of your days. And church done right is the hope of the world. And we're going to put everything on the line and give all of our hearts so that we can do church right. We want to make this a safe place, a growing place, so not only you come and grow, but you feel safe and comfortable to invite your friends, your neighbors, even the most cynical among all the people you know that you could bring them in and trust that we're going to treat them right and God can do a work in their life. And I believe this, that as we continue to get, become more and more happy, stable, 
fruitful and blessed. And we go to all the places that we go and work and live and work out and all the things that we do, that you go and you be salt and you be light and you be sugar. And we bless our city and we influence the culture. And trust me in this. And when there is a presence and the prayers of God's people that are growing in that way, it holds back darkness and lawlessness and it allows the light of God to come into our community. Amen. I'm going to stop right there. Did y'all get anything at all out of this this morning? Thank you for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.